VIP Treatment for Pets at Ballin Wedding Venue. Article by Suzanne Pender. Lovers of our four-legged furry friends now have the opportunity to celebrate their special day with their beloved pets by their side. Pooch-friendly wedding venues across Ireland are becoming more and more popular and it seems that Ballin's Sandbrook House and Gardens is right up there when it comes to looking after your VIP or very important pup. Dublin-based company SaveMyDay.ie has compiled a possum list of Ireland's top pet-friendly wedding venues to help the canine community plan their nuptials, and Sandbrook House and Gardens in the heart of County Carlow is included. Sitting on 25 acres of land and built in the early 1700s, Sandbrook House and Gardens is a handsome period country house steeped in history with the picturesque backdrop of Mount Leinster. The house sleeps 27 people comfortably and is also pet-friendly, so you can celebrate with your favourite four-legged friend. Many couples not only want to have their closest friends and family at their wedding, but many can't imagine saying I do without their cuddly canine companion by their side, said Shell Holden, co-owner of SaveMyDay.ie. Bagnallstown raises €17,000 for home care team. Article by Michael Tracy. The generosity and efforts of Bagnallstown people were on show recently as funds amounting to €17,000 were presented to the Carlo Kilkenny home care team. The money came from separate fundraisers and cheques were recently presented to the Bagnallstown branch of the home care team at the Railway Bar. A sum of €10,785 was raised by Pat Purcell and his son Shane. Shane has taken part in the Christmas swim for the last 27 years, be it in Bagnallstown or the Cayman Islands where he lives. Together, Shane and Pat collected the fantastic sum of money. Bill Power and his family also presented a cheque for €4,760. A total of €3,880 was collected at the annual Christmas Day swim in Bagnallstown. €680 was raised from the Bagnallstown calendar in aid of the home care team. And the last €200 was raised by the local folk choir. Bagnallstown woman Anne-Marie Meany presented a cheque for €2,437, which she raised by having her hair cut, and she donated her locks to the Rapunzel charity. The organisers of the various fundraisers thanked all who had generously supported them. Marion Smith, chairperson of the Bagnallstown home care team, spoke of the importance of fundraisers to the home care team. The funds help to provide five palliative care nurses in Carlow Kilkenny who can provide care in people's homes. It's very important. It keeps the whole thing going, she said. It's a great service to families as well as to people with cancer. Godfrey's Gospel, according to Michael Godfrey. The masks are off, but is it safe? Monday was supposed to be a milestone in our return to normality. At least that is what Tanish de Leo Vradker and others were telling us before the weekend. As of the 28th of February, there was no legal requirement to wear face masks and social distancing was a thing of the past. It was going to be a return to the good times again. But tell that to those affected by the 43 new outbreaks of COVID-19 in nursing homes across the country over the past week. For some, that has meant a return to lockdown with no visitors, staff having to wear full PPE again, 
and those infected or close contacts required to isolate in their rooms for 10 days. So much for reaching a milestone. I know there comes a time when we must all try to get back to normal, but we should remember that not everyone enjoys full health. Some people, even though they have been fully vaccinated, remain vulnerable because of underlying health conditions. Last week I said I was going to continue to wear a mask as much as possible and continue to limit handshaking and getting up close and personal, so to speak. I was at a burial last Saturday and noticed that even though the day for drawing a line in the sand regarding mask wearing had yet to arrive, many people were getting a head start. A friend of mine approached and instantly said, get rid of that old mask, there's no need for it anymore. He said so in a joking manner, but I had to politely remind him of my domestic situation. He immediately apologised and said he had not thought about that, which is fair enough. But that got me thinking about some people who will undoubtedly adopt a holier-than-thou attitude, either for or against mask-wearing, and that's no good either. And even though 500 million cases of COVID-19 have been recorded during the pandemic, resulting in 5.8 million deaths, there are some who still cling to the idea that this is fake news and just a scam so that Big Brother can inject all of us with some mind-controlling drug. The vaccine has been our saviour, but say that to some people and they will freak and tell you our immune system would have repelled the virus or some other nonsensical theory. The pandemic has had a particularly bad effect on the elderly, especially those in residential care. For months they were cut off from family and friends, and when visitation arrangements were put in place, they were accompanied by severe limitations. Personally, I struggled with those restrictions when I went to visit my late father in a nursing home after the first lockdown. I hadn't seen him in far too long, and then the only way to communicate was through a screen, which was far from ideal. My father passed away 18 months ago. Can you imagine the frustration our family would have had to endure if he had lived? But there are people doing that today, and sadly, even though restrictions have been relaxed in nursing homes for a month now, the Omicron variant has again reared its ugly head. 43 new outbreaks in the past week. I point those facts out to emphasise that while wearing a mask has been a slight imposition on all of us, it did its job, and will continue to do so if we let it. In other words, I don't see anything wrong with continuing to wear a mask as long as a person wishes. We used to laugh at people from the Orient wearing masks while using public transport or even just walking down a street. In truth, they were the wise ones all along. Coming to terms with return to normality, whatever that might be, will be difficult for many people. A person can become institutionalised very quickly and venturing out again will be traumatic for some. If wearing a face mask helps them to cope, all the better. For those like me living with a person who is immunocompromised, I say don't apologise to anyone for continuing to wear a mask. I received a letter from a woman last week telling me that she will continue to wear a mask for as long as necessary. Good on you, Margaret, but somehow I suspect you won't be the only one. Time to think with Father Paddy Byrne. Why not make the most of this Lenten season? St. Basil, known as the Great, was a 4th century bishop of the Eastern Church who was known for his care of the poor. 
He was also the writer of a monastic rule of life which is still followed today by monks. He wrote a short piece on fasting which can help us to a wider understanding of what it means. Do not limit the benefits of fasting merely to abstinence from food, because a true fast means refraining from evil. Lose every unjust bond. Put away your resentment against your neighbour and forgive him his offences. Do not let your fasting lead only to wrangling and strife. You do not eat meat, but you devour your brother. You abstain from wine, but not from insults. So all the labour of your fast is useless. From On Fasting, chapter 1, verse 10. Maybe we could extend that idea a bit further. Why not do some of these? 1. Fast from anger and hatred. Give your family an extra dose of love each day. 2. Fast from judging others. Before making judgments, recall how we wish God to overlook our faults. 3. Fast from discouragement. Hold on to Jesus' promise that he has a mission for us in life. Whatever you give up for Lent, don't let it be hope. 4. Fast from complaining. When you find yourself about to complain, stop and recall some of the good things that happened to you in your life. 5. Fast from resentment and bitterness. Work on forgiving those who have hurt you. 6. Fast from spending too much money on yourself. Reduce your personal spending and spend instead on the poor, for example, through trochre. In Lent, don't just give up, take up. Take up prayer, fasting and almsgiving. Give up sin and take up repentance. Lent is always an invitation to begin again. This is a time to build a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Lent can be a most profound and liberating personal journey, building a relationship that gifts our personal lives to hope and indulge in a most resilient confidence, a confidence that reminds us, no matter what happens, that we are not alone. The light of Christ is brighter than any clouds of despair or uncertainty. St. Paul reminds us, with God on our side, who can be against us? Make the most of this sacred season as an opportunity to grow in our humanity. The more we accept our wounded selves, the more we grow in wholesomeness and peace of mind. When this happens, our vision and perspective becomes positive and bright. I will turn. A daily prayer for Lent. Lord, I will turn. Turn my face towards you. I will lay before you the desert areas I hide and turn to soak in your refreshing words of life. I will cast aside the barren selfish pursuits and turn to rest in the tranquil warmth of your love. I will draw back from the harsh pull of media and turn to bathe in the gentle power of your spirit. Lord, today I turn my face toward you. I will turn to soak in your words of life, to rest in the warmth of your love, and to bathe in the power of your spirit.